Giants, presented by DraftKings. My name is Justin Pennick, alongside my co-host, not Bobby Skinner once again. He is getting even worse, which is bad news. You know, Next time we're going to see Bobby Skinner, he's going to have lost 80 pounds, and he's going to have a full-grown beard. He's going to look like a mountain man and be a changed man. But my co-host today is the Football Grump, the co-host of Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Grump, how are you, my friend? Thank you so much for stepping in. Hello, I'm well. I'm the football grump for those of you who don't know me. Coming on here, I was going to do this episode anyway for my own podcast, so no big deal. I would love to jump in and uh, talk Giants football with you. There you go. So if you don't know Grump, um, or if you even maybe just recognize his voice, it's like, I recognize this guy's voice, recognize this guy's face. Uh, we were live streaming for the NFL draft for like 15 or 17 hours this past year, oh, and yeah. you saved us. And while, while Aaron Robinson, like Aaron Robinson has been balling out these last couple of weeks and it's been a lot of fun for me to see but i'm sure it's even more fun for you to see because you were on our stream when we drafted him we traded up and then we drafted a guy that we never heard of we're like snacks was on there bobby was on there i was on there we're like who the hell is this guy and you're like oh i know him so this is grump and we're actually going to be uh going down to the senior bowl this year it's going to be Bobby, myself, and Grump. We're going to go down to the Senior Bowl. A lot of good names on the Senior Bowl invitee list this year, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, man, that's actually funny. I was so happy about the Aaron Robinson pick. Not not because I think he's like absolutely fantastic, not miss prospect, but I just I really liked him, and I didn't see us a trading up. I didn't see us taking him. I didn't see any of that. So when they made the pick, I'm stomping around my apartment, and I'm real happy and you know, whatever. And then like the next thing I know, I had your guys' podcast on my computer just playing. And I heard Bobby from the other room going like, Grump, get on here. Or we're just going to have to cut. I was like, <laughs> what's happening? And I like ran on there and I just kind of jumped on. But yeah, I super love Aaron Robinson. I really liked the way he played and I thought he would fit well in Graham's system. I think I ranked him either third or fourth best corner in the draft. Mm. Last year, I, I really, really liked. And there what was he a did. crap ton of corners taken, like even in like the mm -hmm. first and second round. They're usually, I feel like, I feel like there always is like a big run of corners that always happens in the NFL draft, where if once taken, you see a bunch kind of fly off the board at once. That's pretty big if you had them ranked that high. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I mean, the runs on players, I, I kind of put to um, mismanaging your draft and just mm. kind of panicking. Yeah, uh, does not necessarily represent anything in general, but I mean, there were some definite like top end talent at corner with with Caleb Farley and um, Patrick Sertan and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah so Grum's a really, really in tune guy in the draft, certainly more than I am. He's right up there with Bobby with like looking at that film and stuff like that. So we're gonna have a lot of se senior bowl week. Um, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna do some dumb shit and we may get in trouble. And we'll also evaluate players while we're at it too. And the the invitee list is pretty fun. Um, I know Malik Willis is one, but we're not drafting a quarterback, right? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> so who's our GM? Yeah, that's true. This is a Chargers preview pod. Uh, week uh, what week are we in? We are in uh, week, week fourteen. Fourteen. Week fourteen. One week, one week closer, right? Week week 14 against the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. It's what we're doing today. But first, before we kind of get to it, we have another Daniel Jones conversation that we have to have. This episode is presented by Jacob G and Jason Vargas. Jacob G and Jason Vargas, they are presenting today's show because they went to patreon.com slash talking giants and Jacob world beater tier that's pretty pretty cool two dollars a month or there's some other tiers if you want to give patreon.com slash talking giants thank you to our patrons you get a lot of fun benefits you hear it every show jacob g jason vargas you guys are the men 
You guys are the men. You're the mans. All right, Grump. First thing that's on my mind and the first thing that's on your mind, at least if you're on Twitter, there was a report by Paul Schwartz of The Post that the Giants played Daniel Jones against the Eagles a week after he apparently sustained some sort of, and this is the direct quote, structural damage in his neck against the Buccaneers. Long story short, after a lot of hours of aggravation, confusion, and bewilderness, the Post has since retracted that story, and they say that Jones did sustain that injury the second play of the Eagle game, like we thought. So, moral of the story, if you're not on Twitter, you don't really need to think of Daniel Jones' injury any differently than you did yesterday. He may be out for a few weeks, he has something wrong with his neck, and he's not cleared for contact. But if you are on Twitter and you did kind of look at Paul Schwartz's report and you got all mad at the coaching staff and the training staff, you kind of have to retract all that and you have to work your brain backwards from not being so upset. So we've had quite the whirlwind of a day in terms of Daniel Jones updates. Man, I just, I don't know. Like there were so many things wrong with that report that I I just, I'm not even sure what to believe anymore. I feel less sure finding out that there was like a retracted part of the story. And cause it's not like it's a typo. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh no, that was like a clear cut and not even like a little bit of a neck injury. Like this is saying structural damage, which I'm not a doctor, which is this whole, the whole part of me reacting to hearing that the Giants supposed, which they didn't, the Giants supposedly let Daniel Jones play with the structurally damaged neck. It sounds bad, but I can't tell you as just a, a, you know, an average Joe, I can't tell you like, oh, can a football player not play like that? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I, I think doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. But again, this is like one of those things where we're not doctors. And I believe it was structural damage to a neck bone. It was like damage to one specific bone. Yeah. Whereas like, again, like, I don't know, is that better or worse? So like this, the whole, the whole neck sounds worse to me, but I don't know how important is that one neck bone? It's just so it's so much speculation and giants fans, I think usually, or I guess typically would think immediately of David Wilson. No. And yeah, that's you know, what people are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I basically, this came down to me, whether or not the report was true on time and place. If this actually did happen in Tampa, then there's something to talk about here. If it didn't, then unless you're a doctor, there's nothing to talk about. Here. Right. Um, I don't know anything about structural that that's like, Oh, those are what, how, I don't want to say, unless you use an actual diagnosis, structural damage are like scary words, but they're just kind of word. Like, I don't know what that means. And yeah. to, to react to it is a little nuts. I think the bigger problem is, you know, that Daniel Jones is just it, like it, our injury is just part of Daniel Jones at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny how a couple weeks ago, um, I kind of yelled on this show. I forget, forget what story it actually was. Maybe it's Jason Lacanfora saying that uh, you know Garrett was, um, that Judge wanted Garrett gone at the start of 2020. But I got frustrated on the show. Why can't our beat reporters break any stories and break any news? Well, mm. they did, and uh, it caused a day and an afternoon of panic, and a lot of people getting mad. And then basically. Well, all those emotions that we felt throughout today, they don't matter because Daniel Jones did sustain the injury against the Eagles, and that's that. So, um, that's that convo. <laughs> you, like, I don't want to, like, I don't I don't know. What is the repercussion on Paul Shorts for, for screwing that up, seriously? Well, I'll tell you what. We, I didn't know if, I don't know if there was video of the press conference today. Uh, maybe that's something that the Giants YouTube account will put out later. The repercussion is just, I guess, just trust of people in the building. Like, wh- whoever you heard it from clearly didn't run their sources right. You didn't run your sources right. And now you have a head coach who I can imagine is absolutely livid. Like, I, I can imagine Judge might have heard that and be like, what the F is this? Like, this is really bad. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that, like, it's such a it's such a critical error. Like I said, this is not just a typo. This is, like, a real serious error that put all kinds of implications on all kinds of people. The medical staff, Joe Judge, I mean, those would have been probably fireable offenses mm-hmm. if he had a serious injury that they decided w- wasn't as important as winning a game. 
Yeah. You know, uh, but I, I think Joe Judge would be rightly pissed if this is 100% inaccurate, which again, now I don't know if it's 100% inaccurate. I, I'm not, and like Jordan Raynon just put out this really vague tweet that was just like, don't believe everything you hear, Giants Twitter, which is like, I have no idea what that means or what you're talking about. How much of this story isn't true? Is all of it untrue? Some of it, is it not that important? Or are you talking about Russell Wilson? Yeah, I mean, he could have structural damage. Again, That that's it's such a vague term. It's such a vague description, I guess. You know, he could have structural damage to his neck. But the only thing that maybe Paul Schwartz might have gotten wrong was the timing of it, like you said, of, of against the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, we're... This whole Jones situation and the Jones injury situation between what we've heard from the Carpenter between <laughs> between <laughs> between uh, Daniel Jones saying that he's fine and then not telling all any of the coaches the day of the Eagle game, but him still not being cleared for contact, but seeing how he's basically, I guess now, the scout QB for the Giants where he's throwing up 50-yard bombs replicating like he's Justin Herbert, even though I don't think Justin Herbert has thrown a lot of 50-yard bombs. So why yeah, the Giants what is kinda, that? Why are they, we'll, we'll talk about that when we preview, talk about the Giants' defense, but why is Daniel Jones throwing 50-yard bombs when Justin Herbert's intended air yards is like the same as Daniel Jones this year? <laughs> it's a very, very bizarre situation, and um, I'm not. it makes me uneasy as a Giants fan who wants to see Daniel Jones play and wants to see him succeed. So... so Shotgun to your head right now, Daniel Jones is the quarterback next year? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Two years from now, though. No. Right right now, no. There's no yeah. There's no evidence for that I could say yes, uh, unless things change next year. But, you know, what's more likely to happen? Things don't change next year or things don't change enough for me to change my mind. That's also the thing, too. Where things – Giants could be better next year in terms of scoring points. Okay, but they're still 20th. And that would still, that would still, you know, believe it or not, them being 20th in like the points per drive, you know, that, that rate, that would be a dramatic improvement over where they are right now. So it would be massive, which is sad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about some other injuries that we have in general for, for our giants. Uh, I think Zach and Ro- Zach Rosenblatt kind of summarized it kind of well based off of what he's seen in, uh, in Tucson this week. Um, he feels better about Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard and Mike Lennon playing this week than Kadarius Tony and Adoree Jackson. So most likely some of the big names that are not going to be there, Kadarius Tony, Adoree Jackson. Adoree's kind of expected. Kadarius is kind of disappointing. Maybe he had a chance to come back and, you know, just another week where he's not going to be on the field. One of the beat reporters put out a video where he was running some sort of route on the side and then he pulled the muscle. And, you know, that's that's never good. Shepard, I thought, was a little bit of a surprise because I... I I didn't. Ha- we didn't have a, like a solid update on him last week, and I thought we were supposed to see him maybe two weeks ago. So it's nice to see that those guys are are hopefully going to be there. The guys that were limited, Saquon's limited. He had his ankle wrapped up this week, but looks like he's going to play. Um, Daniel Jones limited, not going to play. Kadarius Tony, we already talked about him. Kenny Galladay was also a guy that was limited too. Um, Grump, I guess maybe we can start off our our preview about the Giants' offense against the Chargers' defense this way. Wednesday, we thought Jake Fromm was going to be starting. Now it's probably going to be Mike Lennon. Thoughts? Well, there's <laughs> this is the most important injury the Giants have right now is Mike Lennon. Yeah. Um, it's still, to me, concussion protocol, I'm holding my breath that he plays. I don't care what reports are from anybody. Uh, the concussion protocol to me on a one-week turnaround – I'm not banking on anything. Uh, I know it's happened. I know it can happen. Um, I know he finished the game at some point. He must have had a concussion at some point in the game and continued to play. I was talking with Dan um, Schneier and Nick Filato last night on YouTube. You know, they they love they love to watch the old 22. I think Nick Filato saw something in the second quarter mm. where Glennon got a little uneasy. Glennon got a little unrattled. Now, this is all just the theory. This is not, like, definitively... Daniel Jones did get hurt the second play of the game against the Eagles, but this is just a theory that they had while I was chatting with them. Glennon kind of started that Miami game off on fire and then just a dramatic, dramatic turnaround where, yeah, really did go down. So maybe he got the concussion during the game and, you know, he was unrattled and, uh, or rattled, I should say, rattled after that point. I don't know. It's a, it's a perfectly fine theory. Like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. not a doctor. Um, We're not not a doctor, Um, but um, it's perfectly fair because he, 
suddenly looked like, I mean, he's Mike Lennon, right? Some targets were off, you know, mm-hmm. his ball placement was wild, but by the second half, I mean, he looked like a totally different quarterback and mm-hmm. everything else looked like they had made some adjustments in the locker room. So he was the only one that seemed to reverse his adjustment. And uh, I think that's a pretty fair theory, but either way, the biggest thing about this injury now, as it stands for the chargers is it's twofold. First, you have Jake Fromm as your next guy, which I have no faith in doing anything other than handing the ball off. And even then, there's only going to be a limited amount of plays he's going to even know. I mean, Jesus. And on top of that, the, Jerry Shaplinski is in the COVID protocol, so he doesn't have a quarterback <laughs> coach. It's not. It, it couldn't be a worse scenario for a QB4 yeah. to come in and play a game. What can go wrong? I mean, Jesus. And... Uh, I don't know. Um, but if Glennon can play, I will breathe out a heavy sigh of relief Be- and, and, you know, whatever. But um, versus a guy who's been here for a week, 30 seconds. I think I know the playbook better than him. Yeah. Um, so, so do you want to talk beyond Glennon and just the offense in general? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's let's do it. Um, I, I think the next thing that kind of comes to my mind is Chargers rushing defense, where I think the last time that probably maybe we faced a bad rushing defense like this was against the Raiders. And it actually was a game where Nate Solder was even moving somebody off the ball. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to expect that again, but this chargers defense clearly does have a philosophy of Brandon Staley of, you know, the too high. He's one of the guys that really kind of brought one of the guys that really brought that to the league. I feel, you know, playing that too high system that Graham likes that Vic Vangio likes as well. They're going to prevent you from having the big explosive pass play, but you know, they're, they are bad, and I think they are worse, according to DVOA and Football Outsiders. They are a worse rushing defense than the Giants is, and that's pretty impressive. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know what really sucks about previewing this game is that I had this game, this game and last week's game earmarked as good litmus tests for this organization, this franchise, as they're building and growing. Um, you know, there, there are two franchises now between Miami and LA that are on the upswing, they are rebuilding and they're doing pretty well while doing it, but they're not quite there yet. And you can see the chargers are kind of erratic. They put up 40 points twice in the last four weeks against the Steelers and Bengals who aren't slouches, but 41 points against both of them. And then also lost to the Broncos and the Vikings. So they're still finding their way as well. When they look good, they look good. When they look bad, they don't really look good at all. So like you said with Vic Vangio, this is a game that, Ideally, if this team were actually healthy, if we had Nick Gates, if we had, you know, Shane Lemieux, if Daniel Jones were playing, you know, if I mean, most of our receivers look like they're going to come back this week. So this is a game that they actually could win. I don't love this Chargers defense. Like you said, they're very weak against the run. And I think that they leave a lot of gaps in zone coverage. I don't and and not to mention, by the way, we haven't talked about the Chargers injury report. If Chris Harris Jr. can't play. You're looking at, and Asante Samuel Jr., yep. you're looking at some of the weakest corners we faced this year. Yeah. Um, Kyler Fackrell revenge game while we're talking about uh, guys. Uh, a possible Linville Joseph. I think he should play practice this week. Linville Joseph revenge game. Mm-hmm. That's interesting as well. Um, but yeah, I, frankly, even like it, it sucks. It sucks that the Giants are at this point where, you know, we're looking at so many guys that, you know, that, that are not here or that are still struggling through injury. There's just still not a lot of expectations for this offense. Um, a play that I would like to see is, you know, if they're going to play that too high system, and obviously I don't think we're going to see a lot of contested catches by Kenny Galladay. Don't think this is going to be the week that we're going to see it. But that mini post that he would run, like that's been the play that has been most successful for him this year. No matter who's that quarterback, from Glennon, that should be a play that I would hope that Mike Lennon can beat if there's a lackluster corner in front of him. Find a gap, find you know a, a zone in that defense, a weak spot in that defense. Run that mini post where it's not going to be a 20 plus yard play, but it could get, it could be a 15 to 19 yard play, and that could be something that could be there consistently. So that's something about the passing offense. Yeah, I have I have written down to find mismatches. Mismatches. Yeah, I mean, with the guys that are coming back between Kenny Galladay and uh, Darius Slayton is supposed to be here still, and Sterling Shepard is going to be massive in this game. Sterling Shepard is very good at finding soft spots and zones. That's kind of his bread and butter. And on top of that, he's pretty good at getting yak afterwards. So he's going to be pretty huge in this game. I I I think that there's going to be mismatches to be found. Now the biggest problem is going to be. 
if Glennon can move his feet because I didn't expect I'm being serious here. Like yeah. I, he played like garbage in that last game and maybe he sustained a concussion during the game. But one thing that was pretty steady throughout the game from start to finish is that man just does not really move around in the pocket. And I don't mean the design rollouts, things which were kind of weird and we still ran those plays or whatever. But I mean, there was like a, Andrew Thomas gave up a sack in that game. And I want to say he was in the pocket for six and a half step seconds and didn't take a step. Yeah. I mean, that's, there were, there were alleyways for him to go out. He has zero pocket presence. So that's going to be huge in this game with Joey Bosa on the other side, especially if he's lining up against Nate Solder, because Solder is probably going to be able to get one push off on him and maybe swing him out wide. And that that's going to be the best he can offer. And it's not like we can just chip on it with a tight end every single play. So no. He Mike Lennon's gonna have to move yeah. a little bit, step up, um, manipulate, do something. Any expectation for the Giants' rushing offense? Even facing such a bad, even facing such a bad rushing defense. Well, the note I have is that ideally this is the game to run the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're not particularly good up front, especially if Joseph is hurt. By the way, which I expect him to play, but what percentage are we getting Linville Joseph? Right. I have a very slight dying flame of hope deep inside of me. Um, the Giants made their switch to put Ben Bredesen in halfway through last week. Um, the run game is supposed to be something that Ben Bredesen is good at in the power run game. And if he's paired up next to Andrew Thomas, that might be the alleyway to start running the ball a little bit because this idea that we're going to run screens as an extension of the run game has been an absolute disaster. this nope. year. I don't think we've run a single screen perfectly not happen i mean like we've gotten results from time to time but at the expense of mistakes by the other team really um they have to move the ball on the ground if they want to win this game is that going to happen do i have expectations for that i have no reason to have expectations for that we haven't been able to really run the ball except against vegas and you know then we had daniel jones in there which changes the entire scheme of how you play this you know team so I have zero expectations. Do you? No, I, I have zero expectations. Especially if if Saquon Barkley is struggling with something with his ankle, you know, then then it it, it makes my hope even less. Because frankly, I don't even think it's physical at this point with Saquon. Yeah. You know, it could be, it could be physical where he, the explosivity is not the same with the knee, sure. But I would still take 60 percent of Saquon Barkley's physicality and athleticism of twenty eighteen. Even if he's sixty percent of the athlete, I would still take that to be a solid running back, but I think it's mental, you know, and if, and if it's, and if it's something that's just mental inside of him, that just doesn't think he can get four or five yards on a consistent basis, or he wants the big play too much, then it almost doesn't even matter what defense we're facing. And Devonte Booker's nothing great. Also, that's, that's also the thing. Um, you know, he may not be that much better of an option. All right. So Giants defense, uh, has quite the interesting matchup against this Chargers offense. Quick question just to start. Kind of put you on the spot. Here I am. Justin Herbert or Tom Brady MVP? Now, Kyler Murray may deserve it, but he's been hurt. I think those are like the two guys that really do deserve the MVP the most. And who who are you siding with? Are those really the two guys? Jonathan Taylor? Would, would, yeah. Do you want to throw him in the discussion? I, Matt Stafford, but Matt Stafford, you know, he he's a guy that's wavered off the last couple of weeks. Josh Allen turnovers. I really do think it's it's Brady and and Herbert. And my apologies if I'm forgetting somebody else, but Taylor, Brady, Herbert, those are the three front runners right now. Damn, I don't know, man. I I haven't really given much thought to the MVP. The MVP is almost always a clear cut guy, so I just don't ever really pay attention to it, like yeah. literally ever. Um, I think I, the difference I, I, in discussion it has to be Brady. Yeah. The difference in discussion, though, is Brady has a much better supporting cast, and mm. Herbert, while Keenan Allen's fantastic, Austin Eckler's fantastic, you know, I think Herbert has been able to do a little bit more with his surroundings than Brady, who has Gronk, who's playing at, like, near, near-prime Gronk level again. They have that great connection, and even though Antonio Brown and some of their wide receivers have missed time, I mean, you you would take one or two of Godwin and, and Evans on any football team any week. So Absolutely. I think that may be the the argument. Now I think Brady's going to win it, but Herbert is number one in the in the uh, in the league in EPA. He's number one in the in the NFL ESPN QBR. Um, you know, he has like 
like three out of his last five games or four out of his last five games are over 300 yards passing. Um, two of them are over 350 yards passing. So he, he has some duds of games this year, but also he's boomed and he's boomed more or less the second half of the season more than he's busted out. Um, also some, something to note for this Giants defense. So Justin Herbert has had the big games with, you know, a lot, a lot of passing yards, five interceptions over the last four games. The Giants are still seventh in the league in first and first turnover rate. So that's the path. That's really the path to victory. I feel like for the Giants is, you know, run the ball on the offensive side of the ball. Cause certainly you're not throwing it. You're not getting explosive. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to get after the quarterback. I don't think you're going to stop the run. So you got to force turnovers and you got to hope for Herbert can force, can throw some interceptions to you. Um, yeah. So I guess, let me, let me say this for you, Justin. I'm somebody said that, uh, I've seen football grump pop up on Twitter. I just assumed that he was a 65 year old mountain man. Sure. I'm 34 years old. I just turned 34 <laughs> last week. And, uh, the other day I woke up and I, I work from home, thankfully most of the time. And I crawled from my bed to my computer chair to do work because I slept funny. Um, I, I have sustained an injury from sleeping incorrectly. Tom Brady is older than me and gets bashed around for a living. I think he gets the MVP anyway. Um, I know you're absolutely right. It's also a popularity contest. He's just a name and we're witnessing a transition, right? Drew Brees is gone. You know, Eli Manning's gone. Peyton Manning's gone. Ben Roethlisberger is on his way out. Tom Brady remains head and shoulders yeah. above his, his, I mean, he might win just based on that for longevity and Mahal- the fact that he's Mahomes is going through like a a growth year, which is bizarre. You know, he's going through a growth year and he's still having a pretty solid year. But yeah. you know, Brady is the guy that still remains, like you're like you said. Yeah, I, I just don't know if Herbert has that star power name yet to win over something like that as, yeah. as competition for a, a silly award. But um as far as defense goes for this game, I, I totally agree. Herbert is still a young quarterback and you know, he's, he's had a couple of turnovers, you know, just recently, but he's generally not a big turnover guy, but disguise everything. It's what Patrick Graham does. Well, it covers up so many of our deficiencies on defense. This is a game to do it. Anytime you have a young quarterback, this is a game to disguise. One of my main things is with a running game. I don't think that the giants are terrible at playing the run. I think they've been bad tacklers this year. Mm. And if you're playing Austin Eckler, you need to tackle surely. And if you look at the Chargers-Eagles game, it's one of the things the Eagles did really well to stay in that game. No yak at all. And, and like there were a couple broken runs towards the second half of the game, but they had really bottled up a lot of stuff. Eckler's not easy to bring down. If they can, if they can tackle better in this game, I think they can stop the run. Um, and they better because – no matter what, Los Angeles, they're going to keep running it. They don't care. I mean, that, that is what they lean on. Yeah, the Chargers have had some early down early down efficiency struggles this year. And, you know, analytics people will point to it's because they like to lean on the run. Um, while there is a value to running the ball, if you can do it, there's a value to running the ball in early downs, which the, which the Giants can't do it, um, which is partially why Justin Herbert may have some big numbers sometimes because constantly if you're winding up in third and longs, and Justin Herbert's such an awesome quarterback, he's going to convert those third and longs, and there you go. You know, you're going to have more passing yards and, you know, more more attempts, more yards, et cetera, et cetera. It's funny, I mentioned kind of in the beginning of the show when we were talking about Jones and his injury situation, it is funny how this even goes back to Herbert's rookie year too, where everybody talked about Justin Herbert like he was this quarterback that was just throwing bombs down the field one play after another play after another play. And while Herbert does at least as of last year, really did a good job of leading the league in 20 plus yard play touchdowns, Justin Herbert's average intended air yards per passing attempt is around the same as Daniel Jones. And we, you know, what's the criticism of Daniel Jones, at least from a play calling standpoint, we haven't let Daniel Jones throw the ball deep down the field enough. So, Herbert and Jones and their numbers are kind of similar in terms of their average depth of target and how far they throw the football down the field. And frankly, that's what scares me also about this game, where I would feel better if Herbert had the mentality of a Derek Carr or a Patrick Mahomes of, I just want to throw it deep down the field and I'm going for that explosive pass play. Herbert has done an awesome job throughout his his first two years of getting those big plays when they're there, but also utilizing the intermediate part of the field. And 
That is what this Giants defense is bad against. They're they're bad against offenses that don't mind running a lot of plays. Um, Chargers offense is about middle of the pack in explosive play rate. And I think you mentioned Austin Eckler in the running game. I think Austin Eckler is going to also have a big game in the receiving game. We're just out in those flats. You saw that's where Tampa Bay beat us with Leonard Fournette. And that's where Kansas City kind of beat us with uh, those running backs out there. Just Patrick Mahomes looking down the field, but then eventually he'll turn to the sideline. Boom, that running back is open in the flat, and there's a ton of yards after the catch. So that's where I think the Chargers are going to attack this game. And if the Giants are a bad tackling defense, like you said, even in the, even in the passing game, not coming up and making a player, you know, getting that guy on the ground as soon as possible, that's where that can bite you in the ass too. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit worried about the tight ends as well. This is this this one. So I I feel you on this one. And again, this is a really frustrating game to try and and preview and analyze really because it can go two totally different ways based on COVID test results. I mean, we have like an entire wide receiver room for the Chargers that are pretty much on notice. You know, I mean, like we know Keenan Allen is out, right? That's confirmed. Yep. So Keenan Allen is out, which immediately puts like what Mike Williams and Jared Cook as like the next two guys you have to be worried about in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. And there, Mike Williams is not a lock to play. He has to come up with a negative test result in order to play. If neither of those guys play, I have no idea. I mean, I have to imagine that Patrick Graham plays his defense totally differently because why the Bucks and the Chiefs ate that up is because we were just dropping so many guys into coverage because we kind of need to. I mean, we're not going to get home rushing the passer so we got to play coverage and that often meant leaving the flats totally uncovered now the chargers as part of the regular game like to throw tight ends out there they love throwing Eckler out there and they have a good rotation of tight ends I'm a little bit more worried about guys like Jared Cook because I think they'll get less attention if you know Mike Williams is playing I think Austin Eckler is going to draw a lot of attention I think guys like Jared Cook are going to slip out and I mean they're also hard to bring down. And if you get them running with a full head of steam with offensive linemen in front of them, I I mean, not exactly any heavy hitters in the secondary for this Giants team. No. So I'm worried about the same thing you are. Big Aaron Robinson game. You know, he, he was covering some tight ends uh, last week with Gusecki. You know, mm-hmm. he was even covering Jalen Waddell at times. You know, clearly they're, they're putting a lot on Aaron Robinson's plate. So I would love to see for... You know, the third game in a row, but especially maybe the second game in a row where he can make some uh, eye-popping plays and, you know, another guy that we can get excited for even more. So, Grump, you got any got anything else before we talk about Roman? Um, Let me see. Uh, the last thing I have is to be aggressive because I think Justin Harbour is really good at picking apart zones. I think that's one of the things he does really, really well. Yeah. Um, I would like to see our corners not play super-duper soft this game. That's right the on. last thing I got. Right on. All right. Before we welcome on Danny King, we talk about some weather. We talk about some trivia. We talk about some fantasy and quick picks. We got to talk about Roman. When the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. You got to be Roman ready. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started, having the confidence that comes from preparation means that you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes, even though you're far from the ordinary, which, I mean, grump. I mean, is that not the case? Is that not the case for you? You're a little bit far from the ordinary. You're a weird dude. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm super far from the ordinary. Top, you know, 99th percentile. <laughs> 99th percentile of weird. The truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some sort of erectile dysfunction. So I want you to get Roman.com/slash/Johnboy now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. So, I mean, Grump, yeah, this is like the first time that you're here, first time that you're hearing this. So I, I want to tell you about this process, all right? A U.S. licensed healthcare professional, they're going to work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. The discreet part of it, that's my favorite thing. I don't want any, I live in, especially I live in an apartment complex. I don't want anything big Roman letters on my package. It's going to ship to me discreet. It's going to ship to me fast and it's going to be free with that two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy now. Complete that online visit. Connect with the U.S. licensed healthcare professional and take care of it one more time. GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready have the confidence and control this winter be ready roman ready and now we want to welcome on danny king come on pay attention in there let's go we got a beautiful day work 
Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. Welcome back to the show. And now I'd like to welcome on third member of Talking Giants, Danny Boy King. Danny King, how are you, my friend? Uh, love the festivity. I love the hat. I got to break out the hat. I think it's a very cool hat. I got to stay with the holiday spirits because this Giants team provides me nothing. And no. all I have right now is the holiday season. So I'm going to rock the holiday. Stay a little festive. I know some people liked the hat last year. So I was like, let me keep the tradition going. Of Let's do it. Wearing the hat. But uh, so we know. It, Grump, where, where are you? From? You're, you're, are you in the Northeast, right? New Jersey? I am in New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. So it, it's cold up here. We're, it's like 30 degrees up here in upstate New York. I don't know what it's like down there, but it's probably cold. The Giants are going to sunny L.A. Mm. How's that? And it's just going to be warm. They're in a dome, so obviously the temperature doesn't matter. But now I'm looking at it. It says it's going to be 61 degrees in L.A. That seems wow, weird. Wow, freezing. That's like that's like freezing weather. They might, um, they're probably not going to how to handle themselves over there. But 61 degrees, they're in a dome. It doesn't matter. The only thing the Giants are bringing with them to L.A. is the misery that we're going to be feeling on Sunday. Because mm. we could have Mike Glennon probably. Or it's going to be Jacob Fromm. Who knows? It's going to be Glennon though. which Gl- is Gl- Glennon. Mike I Glennon. I can't get over that's that's how that's what you call him. Glennon. Who 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 called him that again? Where does Gruden. that start? Gruden. Oh. Gruden. Yeah. Hard knocks. Gotta gotta love it though. I love. I can't say I like Gruden. Yeah. We got we got trivia. We got trivia. You guys, you guys are talking about the Los Angeles Chargers and their bad Russian defense. So I decided to base the trivia question around that one. Uh, who has the most rushing yards against the San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers in a single game? Well, Bo it's Jackson. Not Ron, it's not Ron Dane. Who did you just say, <laughs> Grump? Bo Jackson. <laughs> okay, wait, or, this oh, is no, Giants. It's a Giants. Giants. It's a Giants history. Play. It's a Giant player. Giant player. Uh, you jerk. <laughs> uh, I it's wish. Like, Bo Jackson. Giants player most rushing yards against the Chargers. It's such a limited matchup. I'm going to say yeah. Tiki Barber. Like oh five in a single game, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna go Tiki Barter as well. Yeah, the actual answer for this week it's Otis Anderson. Oh, Otis Anderson you really himself. went back. Yeah. Twenty-seven rushing attempts for ninety-six yards. He averaged three point five six yards per attempt, and he had two touchdowns that day against the Los Angeles Chargers back on October twenty-second, nineteen eighty-nine. We really suck against the Chargers. Yeah, I was going to go punts for my trivia question because I feel like we're going to be punting a lot Sunday, but I decided no. not to because uh, people don't like special teams, even though special yeah. teams could be fun. This is an anti-special teams show. Well, I'm going to ask a special teams question, though. Oh. Uh, so off the air after our podcast uh, for the review episode on uh, Monday or whatever, uh, who the hell did we just play? Miami. I asked the Cranky fan, like, yo, Riley Dixon continues to look – average at best what did you think what did you guys both think of miami's punter because i thought he was like insane he was booming those kicks I yeah was... really what he punted <laughs> out of his end zone down to like our 20 yard line or something like that why can't we have anything nice we can't have good punters like we have a good kicker but like we can't even have a good punter yeah do you guys Jeez. remember the um the panther game and like that was the worst punter i've ever seen oh, yeah. he was terrible <laughs> yeah he was bad <laughs> It was actually funny. <laughs> I have a unique view at the end zone too, because that's one of the things that the end zone provides a really interesting point of view is kickoffs and punts. Yeah. Um, because you can really see the way the ball moves in the air and stuff like that. And like shanks, you can see immediately because they just go like <laughs> right off to the right. Uh, got a good view of that. I find them to be very funny. One of the greatest things I enjoy is up at school is just making fun of D3 punters because they are some of the worst <laughs> kickers I've ever seen in my life. Oh, poor, poor D3 punters. Okay, so what we normally do in the second part or the third part of these preview pods when we normally have an interview stuck in the middle, this is usually part three, but what we usually do, Danny King talked about the weather, gave a trivia question, but also we have... Our fantasy draft, where we draft Giants players and then the players from their opponents. This week, it's a little bit more complicated because a lot of the Chargers players are on COVID and we're not Chargers fans, so we may get things wrong. Then we do Giant Factors, Quick Picks, and then Game Predictions. So, fellas, let's kick it off with the fantasy draft. Last week, the results were Bobby Skinner is still in the lead. 34.9 points he had last week. Danny King is in second place. Last week he had 39.3 points. So Bobby, wasn't there like a decimal point difference last week? But Bobby pulled away slightly. 
So he's now he's down by minus. Danny, you're down by minus 4.1 points. Justin had a bad week last week. 13.6 points. I am 69.6 points down. Nice. Nice. So. Nice. That's why you don't do the big boards. The big boards just can't work out for us. We just oh, got to go on blind. That is so true. I felt so confident about my team last week, and I said I'm gonna I'm gonna lose because I made a big board and I was and I stooped down to Bobby Skinner's level. I really thought I had the best team last week. I got screwed. All right. So the order is this week: Justin, Bobby, who is being who's grump. You're gonna be picking for Bobby this week. Oh boy. And then Danny, Justin, Bobby, Danny, and we do snake it. So. I have the first pick in the fantasy draft, and I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. Mm. I think it's simple. Um, you know, he's the best player I think that is going to be available on both teams. You know, especially considering Keenan Allen's not playing. Um, Kenny Galladay just doesn't have that fantasy punch, that fantasy impacts. Saquon Barkley doesn't either. Give me Austin Eckler. Think he's going to eat both on the ground and in the receiving game. Uh, Bobby, also known as Football Grump, you're up next. You have the second pick. So I'm going to start this by just apologizing to Bobby. I, I haven't played fantasy in a number of years. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try. We go PPR. And so if that, if that gives you any impetus to picks like Saquon, you know, it's because he catches the ball a little bit. Yeah. So we do PPR and, you know, all, all the kind of normal rules. So I'm willing to Venmo you money if you're going to tank Bobby. <laughs> Would you Venmo me money if I actually win for it? <laughs> no, because I am terrible. So if I if I actually win this week, then maybe, maybe maybe Bobby should send me money. Bobby I, should. Yes. Yeah, I should get half of his winnings at the end of the year for winning the whole thing. <laughs> if he does, um, I you know I'm is Saquon. You mentioned you know he might be a factor in the receiving game. He couldn't catch a cold last week, so I'm gonna go Sterling Shepard. If he if he is as healthy as it looks like he's going to play, this is a game for him to eat. And uh, he's pretty good in fantasy just generally, so I feel pretty confident going Shepard so long as he's healthy. Bam. Danny King. Fun choice, fun choice. So as I'm doing, you know, my last bit of research into this whole situation because that's how I do these fantasy drafts, I read Mike Williams. They're op- more optimistic he's going to play over Keenan Allen because I believe they said he had a negative test. Keenan Allen's already out. Keenan so. Allen's already out. I mean, I, I think they should be more optimistic that yeah. Mike Williams so. may play. I'm gonna take Mike. I'm gonna take Mike Williams because obviously, if Keen Allen out, he's gonna receive a bunch of targets, and Mike Williams is a quality wide receiver. He can, so he'll probably match up more with Bradbury. I would assume. I wonder how they're gonna use Bradbury with Keenan Allen out. Is he gonna stay on one guy? Is he gonna travel side to side? What? what that's yeah. an interesting idea. Who knows? So Keenan, um, not Keenan. Mike Williams is my first pick, and then my second pick will be the guy that I feel like Mike Glennon. I'll say Glennon, so everyone Thank can you. feel. Take it so Justin's <laughs> oh, should, doesn't keep going up because I keep saying Glennon. Uh, I'm going to rock with Evan Ingram this week because Mike Mike uh, Glennon and him had a combination going there. I think he had five targets for and he like caught four of them. Evan Ingram's been good. He's his production has it, not nothing crazy, but he gets targets, he gets catches, and if he gets that occasional touchdown, then my points total just goes up and up and up. And I love my man Evan Ingram. I just realized I'm just gonna have to change my giant factor because that's who it was gonna be but now i feel like i just gave away my whole spiel uh wow. spiel on him so evan ingram you are were my giant factor but you're also my second pick i could karate kick you right now that was evan ingram was my next pick evan ingram um, train baby i like the way freddie kitchens is using him it feels like the way he should have been used since he came out of college he just finally is running like more than eight yards down the field man you know I think LA is just such a mystery right now at the wide receiver spot. I don't feel super comfortable picking a charger at all right now. Um, not this high up. I'm going to go. I felt so comfortable with Ingram too. I guess I'm going to go Kenny Galladay in this one. Um, I know he's probably going to draw a lot of the attention there, but if he gets any one-on-ones, they've already shown that Glennon is is going to look that way. They're going to throw at him. Freddie Kitchens wants him involved, and to the point where they're forcing it at him. So I guess I feel the most comfortable with Kenny Galladay next. All right. So I have back-to-back picks, and really the decision is I know who I'm picking first, but is a giant going to be second? And I want to pick the giant first so it looks better on the sheet. Yeah, of course. You know, because we're biased here. I really want to go Slayton, but why? Like, why Why? Why should I? I would low-key be more confident in, like, a backup Chargers wide receiver than I would Darius Slayton. <laughs> which is bizarre, right? I mean, that's a, that's a bizarre situation that we're in. Yeah, I'm going to go Darius Slayton. Biased. Um, you know, if 
if Sterling Shepard does not play, which that's not, it's not a definite. He says he feels confident and he did practice today, which was more than I thought that he would. Then Darius Slayton is your number two. You know, maybe he gets a, a, a big play. I don't know. Jared Cook is going to be my next pick. Um, you know, Grump, you kind of you kind of convinced me um, in the earlier part of the show, the first part of the show. So I'm going to take Jared Cook, tight end for the Chargers. You know, he's probably going to find some gaps in the middle of the field, um, especially considering that there's no Keenan Allen. And, you know, the depth chart for wide receiver for the Chargers is kind of low. Um, Danny King, I believe. Nope, it's snaking back to you, Grump. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That was where I was going to go to. Ah, man, I this sucks. I'm. I, I guess I'll go Barkley here. Um, I don't really feel. I, I think other guys are going to get more involved and have like limited opportunities and and make the most of them. And Barkley's not going to make a lot of it. Is but aggregate total, I think he'll probably do more. Yeah, I'm going Barkley. Yeah, I mean that's a solid pick at this point. You're getting number one running back for the Giants, Danny King. Um. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Think, do I want to go with one of the Chargers backup wide receivers and either Palmer or Roberts? I know Roberts was just signed, so I wouldn't expect him to be anything crazy. Well, someone's got to play if Keenan Allen. Someone's got to play. So that's why you know. You know. Let's have fun with it. Let's go, Josh Palmer, with this one pick because someone's gonna have to fill in for Keenan Allen, like you said. And then with my next pick, I'm then gonna take. Man, this is just really such a rough week. I'm gonna take John Ross. Why not? Can I get a John Ross? Everybody loves John Ross when he gets targets. Will he get a target? Probably not. But hey, John, you gotta love John Ross. You gotta love John Ross. I think John Ross will have some catches, but I don't think he's gonna take the top off in a in a too high safety defense. So I think he'll have some catches. If Glennon could even throw that deep, that would be the most shocking thing. I'm gonna go Donald Parham. Just another one of those big tight ends that Okay, I, I was literally like, who the heck is Donald Parham? Just an, he's just another one of those big tight ends, and I, I think Patrick Graham is a good defensive coordinator. He's going to get rid of the obvious ones. It's going to be yeah. up to player talent to take care of the guys they should be able to take care of, and I don't know. This is where it's bad not to have Bobby on the show. Danny, how many picks do we do? We do? This is where uh, I always get confused. I, I believe this is the last one. You have one pick left, if I'm I correct. Have, I have one pick left. Got it. I, I believe so. If and, not, if we, then and if we screw it up, we screw it up. We Who screwed cares? Up. We'll, we up. We'll, we'll correct it in a text message, and it'll be Maybe. a footnote. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Jalen oh. Guyton. Ooh. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you already took Josh Palmer. I'm taking Guyton. I feel like me. I feel like part of me has felt like we've taken like four Chargers wide receivers. That's because we're just banking on some of them not playing and go, more guys getting reps. Guyton's per- projected to get 10 points uh, <laughs> on ESPN Fantasy. However, Josh Palmer is... An, an exciting pick. Um, a, a lot of people, a lot of draft people, are you know excited to see what he's got, even though he's been buried on that on that um, depth chart for the Chargers. All right, so here's what I got. If that is it, you know this is why it's bad to not have Bobby. And I should have asked, hey Bobby, how many picks should we each have <laughs> before the draft ends? I don't know. All right, so I have Austin Eckler, Darius Slayton, Jalen Guyton, and Jared Cook. Grump, you have Shepard, Kenny Galladay. Saquon Barkley and Parham, the backup tight end. Danny King, you have Mike Williams, Evan Ingram, uh, Josh Palmer, and John Ross. Can I get a John Ross? That is a fantasy drift. Giant factors. Justin, you're up first. Would have been nice if you thought of one. Hmm. You nailed it last week. I've been on a roll with my giant factors. I picked Logan Ryan. Which he had COVID. I picked <laughs> Tay Crowder against the the Eagles. He had an interception, but he's been bad. Um, and then I uh, and then who did I pick last week, Danny? Uh, Austin Johnson. Aust- Austin Johnson, who apparently was the PF was the Giants' best defensive graded player according to PFF. So take according that. PFF. I am gonna go defensive side of the ball again. Oh. And briefly talked about him with Grump towards the first half of the show. I'm gonna go Aaron Robinson. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's been my darling the last couple weeks, especially without Daniel Jones. He has been the thing that I, the thing and the player that I have been getting most excited about watching the Giants. I made a good compilation clip of uh, all the plays that I clipped on Sunday, where I was like, "Wow, that is an eye-popping play from Aaron Robinson." And the video did quite well, and I'm glad the video did well because Aaron Robinson deserves that. So Aaron Robinson, go out there, be a giant factor. Whether you're covering a slot wide receiver, whether you're covering Jared Cook, you're being asked to do a million different things. Go out there, be a giant factor, have another good game. Uh, 
Bobby, also known as Football Grump, who is your giant factor? And I, I struggle with this one because this, like a, this game is weird, but I ultimately landed on something we already kind of talked about with the Giants offense, and that's Ben Bredesen. I mean, if he's mm. playing, I mean, he's supposed to be that guy that was going to flourish in a power system. The Giants traded for him. He got hurt, but also wasn't very good. But I mean, they also traded for him and like two weeks later was playing in a game. So I don't know. But if he's going to go in there and sub in for Skura, who's been terrible, and this is a game where they should be running the ball, then logic says they should be running the ball behind Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen. So if Ben Bredesen can actually provide some level of running game off the left side, this is a dramatically different game in terms of winnability. Um, They haven't been able to run the ball for anything so far this year. So it would be a, and you know, they're going to want to be leaning on the run if they can this game. Uh, So for me, it's going to be Ben Bredesen. And if he plays like he should be. Danny King. My giant factor this week is Xavier McKinney. Now, obviously, Xavier McKinney's already having a good year. There's no need to describe, but Patrick is the type of defensive corner that I feel like could give uh, Justin Herbert a little fits back there this week with his disguise of coverages, the way he moves around his players. Xavier McKinney could benefit from a Justin Herbert deep ball where he thinks he has someone uh, deep over the middle. Also, Xavier McKinney's just there lurking. Lurking like a little creep that, that uh, he is in that middle of the field. So, Xavier McKinney, get me an interception this week. I feel like this is the week you could get another interception onto your total. And this is just a week we could just give Justin Herbert a fit and have a baller of a defensive game. Now, obviously, can they uh, sustain this over four quarters? I don't know. But I think Patrick Graham has a good game plan drawn up. And I think Xavier McKinney is going to be a major factor in it this weekend. Danny King, as you pull up the DraftKings ad to get ready to read that, um, an underrated giant factor a runner-up giant factor has to be Aziz, right? Yeah. You know, if he, if he's lining up over Rashawn Slater, which we didn't talk about that towards, towards the first half of the show, Grump, we did mention Kyler Fackrell revenge game. We did mention Linville Joseph revenge game. Oh, Kyler Fackrell. But, um, you know, Rashawn Slater, which a lot of the fan base partially revisionist history, but, um, <laughs> a lot of the fan base, you know, wanted him, you know, and they, 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 they feel bad about trading down and seeing how well guys like Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater are playing, you know, where there's a good argument for Rashawn Slater to win rookie of the year. That's not how that's, it's not going to work out that way because they don't give that award to offensive linemen, but it would be pretty cool to see Aziz, uh, if he's lining up or on that left side, you know, left side of the offensive line, right side of the defense, it'd be pretty cool if he, uh, if he got his seven and a half sack of the year over Rashawn Slater, that would be, that would be pretty cool. So Danny King, uh, Give me a DraftKings ad, please. Guess what, football fans? I'm sure we all love the action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer for DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sportsman and partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. A single point? New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. That That's pretty wild, if you ask me. Because there's going to be points scored on NFL Sunday. That's just a fact of life. Points will be scored on Sunday. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOMBOY. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code JOMBOY. This week's at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bet and partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings Sports, DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Bobby's not here to say his Indiana won with it line, if I'm correct. 1-800-9 with it. There you go. There it is. That was a good breath that you took at the end, and you got all yeah. that out in that breath. That was, uh, yeah. that was well done. A-plus, Danny King. All right. So now we have quick picks. So, to recap week 12 and to recap Weird. the season so far, Danny King still in the lead, 57 and 46 record. He went four. Everybody went four and four last week. Nobody, nobody gained, lost a game. So, last week, everybody went four and four. Well, Danny, we had the same picks last week. So, so it's, actually, it's actually nice to see that <laughs> I didn't tank your season. No. Your, your no. quick picks. I, I, I trusted you with all your picks last <laughs> week. So that's why I, I rocked with it. Well, yeah, you trust. Well, clearly, you should have only trusted me with half of them. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Danny. Record still stands 57 and 46. Bobby, 53 and 50. The listeners are 50 and 53. Justin, myself, I am 45 and 58. <laughs> Grump will be <laughs> representing the listeners this week. Bobby Skinner has texted me his quick picks before 
the game. Um, something that I just feel like is funny because I'm looking at the schedule right now. Bobby did not include the Bears at the Packers. That Good. game is the Sunday night football game this week. Um, Outrageous. That is going to be a very, very fun game. But first, we have Thursday night football. Steelers at Vikings. Vikings are the home favorite. They are getting three points at home. Danny, we'll start off with you, gambling expert. Where are you going with this one? This game is just the best. Way. This is like just the perfect way to describe Thursday night football. A team that tied with the Detroit Lions and a team that lost to the Detroit Lions. This is Thursday night football right here. I'm gonna have to rock with the Minnesota Vikings. They got embarrassed last week. They have Dalvin Cook. How healthy is he? I don't know. They don't have Adam Thielen though. That's a bummer. But the Steelers are just not very good. I think they can uh, give Ben Roethlisberger a tough time back there in the pocket on Sunday because or Thursday because he is a statue. So Minnesota, Grump, where are you going? You're muted. Oh, I, 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 I did it. I pulled a full Bobby on. Yeah, you. I was about to say because Bobby's not here, so you you had to do it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was planned totally. Good good um, homage, homage, whatever the word yeah. is. Um. This is a weird game uh, between two weird teams I can't understand. And it's a Thursday night game, which is never not weird. Which is weirder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know why the Vikings are favorites. I don't know why anyone's a favorite in this game. I, I actually have the Steelers winning this one in a thriller of sloppiness, 23-21. So okay. they won't cover. <laughs> there you go. All right, I'm going Vikes minus three. Vikes minus Kirk three. Believer Justin Penn. I there's I think every game I just pick the Vikings like every, every single game because they are easily in my opinion my unbiased Giants opinion you know they I think they are the most frustrating team in the NFL so um that's that's where I'm going right there. Next game Ravens Browns Browns are the home favorites by two and a half points Browns minus two and a half Grump where are you going with this one? The Ravens why are the Browns favored in this game? Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Home, I mean, is it, is it only because Kareem Hunt is back? Like, well, also, I mean, I think the home team automatically gets three points. So I guess um, does that? So, so, so I guess were, on a on a yeah. neutral site, the Browns are half a point underdogs. I, get, right. I think that's how that works. Yeah, I, I have the that's Ravens so in really this one. Weird. Yeah, that's that's silly. Um, I, I mean, how much is home field advantage for every single team to have a general rule like that? That's kind of strange. Uh, I'm going Ravens on this one. I think the Browns are still banged up. Danny. Yeah, I'm going the Ravens. Baker Mayfield. Like we say, Ben uh, Roethlisberger statue, that's by age. Baker is a statue by injuries because he has uh, basically every body part is injured. I'm going to take the Ravens plus two and a half because I don't know why they're not the favorites. All right, I'm taking the Ravens too. But if but if we all agree again, well, no, Grump, you said Steelers. But if you all agree again, I'm going something different next time. You know what? I'm starting off Cowboys at Washington. Washington, they are four and a half point home underdogs. I'm getting a little frisky. I'm getting a little I'm – I'm feeling something. Mike McCarthy came out and said that, oh, yeah, we're going to win this game. And then Dak Prescott, when asked, do you agree with your head coach? Do you think you're going to win this game? He said, shit, yeah. Which, who says shit, yeah? Yeah, no, that's – That's such a weird – weird. Hell, yeah. If you want to curse, you should just go full F mode, F yeah. But he said, shit, yeah? Washington's going to cover. Plus four and a half. They may not win, but they're going to cover. Weird divisional game. Uh, Grump, what do you got? Well, I feel a lot less guilty because I'm not representing Bobby right now. I'm representing a general faceless public. Yes. So I don't feel any shame whatsoever in saying I hate Mike McCarthy so much. I'm picking Washington only because he guaranteed it like a jackass. <laughs> Guys, I'm not liking what's happening right now. Well, we're we're agreeing a little too oh, much. Come on, I went first. I, I went first and picked Washington because I thought it was going to be different. <laughs> Cowboys are just failing right now. I, I, You see those videos the football team are posting with Ron Rivera in the locker room that, like, take it down Goliath. It's legendary stuff. Oh, he's yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got me ready to run through a wall. Uh, he does. So that's why I, I can't pick against Ron Rivera and probably the great uh, second-best quarterback in the NFC East right now, Taylor Heineke. There you go. All right, so we all got Washington. Next, 49ers at Bengals. Bengals are home favorites. No, I'm sorry. The Bengals are home underdogs plus one-and-a-half points. To Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. So, uh, Danny King, you were kind of shocked by that line. What do you got? I mean, like, I, I get, like, yeah, the Bengals lost last week, but they lost to, like, a great game. I, how are they not the favorites? The Bengals are just, I think, 
so much better than the Niners, and I think they're better than one and a half point underdogs. So give me the Bengals, please. I feel like this is an easy pick. I'm gonna go with Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. Uh, I think uh, you know they obviously need to make some quarterback changes eventually, but Kyle Shanahan had a funny play call on fourth and one where they allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to get a read option. But I'm getting slowly back in on that Kyle Shanahan train. Train Grump, what do you got? Uh, this one I was really unsure of. This was like the one that I kept going back and forth on. So I'm just going to flip a coin in my head and say Bengals. It's it's. I think this one's really close, to be honest with you. Yeah. All right, two games left. Why this game isn't a uh, a primetime game? I guess the Bills got a primetime game last week, so they got to mix it up. But Bills at the Bucks. The Bucks are minus three and a half point favorites at home. Grump, what do you got? I got Bills. Bills. Uh, oh, Bills. I got, I got Bills, man. I'm 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 over this Bucks are, you know, um undefeated at home thing. I I think honestly last week the Bills had to play a game that does not rely on what they're best at and as Josh Allen has great escapability, he can throw downfield really well. I don't think the world of Tampa's secondary and as long as he can get away from a sack or two, I think he'll be able to yeah. throw downfield. I, I I am picking Bills on this one, but again, this one's also really close, right? Yeah. Bills defense is kind of legit, so this will be really interesting to see, you know, Tom Brady going up against a really good defense, and then if Josh Allen can kind of get back to form against the secondary, that maybe can allow some plays. Danny King, where are you going? Oh, are you circling the wagons this week? <sighs> I didn't circle them last week. And I and I won't be circling them again this week. Wow! The defensive Super Bowl champs. I'm gonna have to rock with the Bucks. Uh, I'm gonna hope that they can maybe expose a little more of that Buffalo's run defense. And the Bucks are at home. They're usually beasts at home. It's just the way it is. It's it's disappointing. I've disappointed myself. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are gonna beat the Buffalo Bills this week. Yeah, man. I feel like there's some instability on the offensive side of the ball for Buffalo right now, where head coach and offense coordinator. That's really interesting. Um, am I, I low-key rooting for Brian Dabble yes. to get fired from Buffalo yes. so he can come to the Giants? Maybe. Um, <laughs> yes. But, uh, man, Bucks are just too good. I, I kind of want the Bills to win this one because I think that'll make the AFC a lot more fun and exciting because the Patriots are kind of low-key running away with it. Give me – I'm going to take the Bucks though. I want the Bills to win. I want to be wrong. And when, usually when I'm – usually I'm wrong in these quick picks anyway. So I'm taking the Bucks. I'm going to be wrong. Um, sorry, Danny. Last one. Last one. Rams at Cardinals. Cardinals are minus two and a half point favorites. This is a fun Monday Night Football game where we will see Odell Beckham Jr. again on primetime television. Glad everybody's healthy for this. Also, we're going to see Marcus Golden on primetime television. So, Cardinals (laughs) minus two and a half. Uh, Grump. I'm going Rams at this one. Uh... Division games are so weird, especially when they're like a division I don't pay that much attention to. Uh, but I, I, I guess I'm just going to go Rams here. I feel a little bit leaning on McVeigh. I think is a smart idea. Yeah, when you're not sure. I'm going Cardinals. My boy Mark Scolden's going to get a sack on primetime television. Danny King, wrap us up with quick picks. I love the Cardinals, but like uh, Grump said, divisional game, primetime football. The Rams are going to need to get back on track at some point, and this is a really good test. Two good coaches, and uh, I think Matthew Stafford can possibly have a get-right game this week. Um, I don't think they're going to win the Rams, but they're going to cover because good teams win, great teams cover. This is true. <laughs> that's uh, that's basically kind of the summary of Joe Judge's uh, yes. tenure so far. May not win. But they cover. But we, they cover, we cover. We they cover, cover that spread more often we, than not. More often than not, we cover, especially that was 2020's theme. All right, fellas. Giants, Dolphins, predictions. Now, since I'm technically the Bobby Skinner of the show. Oh, oh no. You, I'm going to go last. You got a lot riding on this one. But, Grump, Giants, Dolphins. Uh, wait, I said Giants, Dolphins. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a great prediction. For that. I'm, I guarantee you I'll get this score right. <laughs> oh, wait. It was written down wrong. Oh, uh, yeah, it says Dolphins. <laughs> it's, it was written down wrong in the rundown <laughs> in the notes. I apologize. Giants, Chargers, predictions. Grump. Give us a Giants-Chargers prediction, a score prediction. This is the hardest part of a hard episode to preview because I it, I have two scores written down, and I'm going to pick one. Um, 
one of them was 33 to 13 chargers now, but again there's so much unsure yeah, i mean yeah. if, if keenan allen i didn't know when i that keenan allen was definitely out when i wrote that mike williams is an uh you know we're unsure I, i'm feeling a little bit better about it it's the offense for the giants that really really makes me nervous and i just don't I don't know. I think I'm going to go with this one about 24, 17 chargers, but I think that score is going to be a garbage time touchdown for the giants. It'll be really 24, 10 ish. Yeah. Danny. <sighs> wow. The giants are bad. I mean, luckily it seems like Mike Glennon will be starting, which is a sad statement to be saying in the year 2021 that I'm happy. Mike Glennon will be starting, but it's where we're at. And the giants, uh, the Chargers are just a better team. I uh, think defense, uh, maybe not defensively, definitely offensively, they're the better team. Giants defense has been better, but they're going to win because the Giants offense can't do anything. Giants are going to lose this one. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say 13 to 28. The New York Giants will lose to should have been New York Giants quarterback Justin Herbert, but he decided to stay in college and pursue a degree. No, he wanted to play with his brother. <clears throat> Bobby Skinner's not here. Who knows? Maybe this would be the game where he said, Giants 2, Chargers 0. Maybe this would be the game. I don't know. Another week without Daniel Jones. A week where who knows who's going to play on either side of the ball. But you want to know what? Bobby Skinner's not here. And there's one tradition that he carries strong week in and week out. I'm going to continue that tradition. I am not going to make the call and say Giants 2, Chargers 0. My prediction for this game, Giants 77, Chargers 0. That is a preview pod. Thank you for listening. Let's go, Giants. Let's go, Blue. We will see you next week. We will see you for a Victory Monday podcast. And until then, let's go, Big Blue.